0: Welcome to Citizens Midweek, a podcast no, with, oh, oh, get please. out of here, Tam.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to the Midtown Midweek, where we take the sermon from Sunday and talk about it a little more. just want to offer this as a resource for our church family. I am Melissa Finnell, and I'm joined by my co-host, Jake Blair. Hey, Jake.
0: Hello. How are you?
1: I'm good. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing great. We've been doing this now for about a year, but this is our first time Zooming. It's our first Zoom podcast. But why is that, Melly? Why are we doing this?
1: Well, as it turns out, we had a very special guest preaching at our campus on Sunday. (coughs) Any guesses who that is? It's Tim Olson!
2: Hey,
0: (laughs) Tim. How are we doing?
2: Good. I am back in Charlotte, hence the Zoom. Guys, first time any of us have ever Zoomed in our entire lives. Am I right? This is new to all of us.
0: You are Zooming from the new citizen's office.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to to call the ministry center. No one is doing it. It's fine. Um, But yeah, about a month ago, May 1, we signed a lease and moved into our new uh, ministry center slash office space. Uh, Basically, it's a house turned office right on the east side of Charlotte, right? Kind of in the heart of where we want to be. It's a neighborhood called Oakhurst. It's just outside of Plaza Midwood where we meet on Sundays and uh yeah i feel like the lord was kind of pushing us in this direction where we needed some amount of rootedness in the city needed to have a permanent spot to call our home and so it's been great like we have it has kind of different offices kind of all throughout the house and then uh there's kind of one main room that can hold up to 40 50 if you really want to squeeze uh for classes and so we've been using it for some summer studies we're doing on uh money on the bible on mission all of that and then there's actually a garage in the back I was thinking about turning my computer to show you but this is an audio podcast um there's a garage in the back that we actually cleaned out and soundproofed so our band because of some of the logistics with our meeting space on sundays our band practices there and then Josh the church sets up uh, and does soundcheck and all that kind of stuff so it's been a really sweet spot we really like it uh we invited our people like hey view it as a co-working space like if you're working remote come work here during the week we got coffee for you bring your co-workers just really, we're trying to create a space where there's community throughout the week and a spot that people can be like, yeah, this is, this is part of our church and this is, this is mine. I can own it and be there. And so it's been really good first month so far, just getting to have a space to call our own and um, get to work from and all that. So
0: It almost feels like you're the dad, uh, just like having a, a garage band, essentially. Like, do you have to tell the band to turn it down so you can focus on work? I don't. I, I just avoid it on Sundays.
2: I, our neighbors haven't complained yet. There's a house kind of like an actual house house, like right behind us. And so we're a little nervous about that. Um, we, the, we do made the mistake though. So it's a garage. There's no H like H back at all. And it's been normally like, kind of mild up here in Charlotte. And then a few weeks ago it was 92 on Sunday afternoon at yeah. two o'clock when the band was rehearsing and, uh, all of our worship, people came to the church sweating, like their whole entire shirts were just soaked (laughs) in sweat. And they're like, Tim, we are quitting or you're getting us an AC unit. And so we put in a little like, Uh, air conditioning unit in a window and stuff to help help some of that.
0: Before we get into the sermon, Tim, one thing we've been doing is we've been doing one thing we're thankful for as part of our gratitude practice. So I'd love for us to go around and say, what's one thing we're thankful for?
2: Uh, Well, so I was late to recording this. Sorry, guys, because I just got done doing a lunch with uh, a couple in our church that's about to start leading a community group, but they're about to multiply out of our group. They've been in group with us really since we started in-person groups back in like July. And they've just been a faithful part of our church. We're here in Charlotte, uh, hopped in, they got some connections, uh, to some folks in our church, but they've just been really faithful. Uh, and so we're, I just was a joy to get to sit over lunch with them and and train them how to lead a group and, uh, to talk about multiplication and what they're going to see doing, uh, what they want to see God do in their group. And one of the really cool things is they're in a neighborhood in our city called Matthews which is about 20 to 25 minutes outside of where we meet on Sundays, but it's an area full of young families and uh, very similar to like a Lexington to Columbia, but like the inner part of Lexington, closer to downtown. And it's our first, like we've had a ton of people coming from there that have been wanting to get into group in that part of our city. And so it's both exciting and I'm grateful to get to launch them out, but then also to get to like have a group in this space full of young families that have been, wanting some type of community uh in their part of our city so just grateful for that excited for them Uh, they've had a really hard year as a couple and so it's just really exciting to see how the lord's been working in that and their faithfulness through it all uh, and just their excitement to lead i love that Melly. what are you thankful for
1: friday my brother texted me out of nowhere and he was like hey are you off work today we're thinking about bringing the kids up to go to the zoo And I was like, well, be right back. Let me cancel all of my plans. And so we spent the day at the zoo together um, with my niece and nephews and it was just so fun. So I'm thankful for, I don't know, surprise family visits and our zoo, even though five hours in 92 degree heat was not great. So (laughs) I'm glad that they have that little water area too, but Um, Yeah,
0: that just opened again after being closed for over a year.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can lose children very quickly in that little sprinkle area, by the way. There's something about this. I mean, listen, there's like so many kids running around and there are like all these little like steps that you can go down. And it's like, I I don't know how parents do it, but you guys are the real deal.
0: I am thankful for our church family. We celebrated my daughter Kate's birthday yesterday and had a lot of people from our church coming over. So we had life group and pastor families and just being able to see our backyard filled with so many friends and people who love us and love our kids. Melly, anything you want to say?
1: Well, you know, there's a little saying that we like to toss around and it is, Columbia, you'd rather be here.
0: So Tim, normally during this segment, we highlight a local business in Columbia that we want our people to check out. Because you're our guest on the podcast, uh, we'd love for you to point us to a couple local businesses.
2: So, uh, man, let me build out a a really just fun day for you real quick. I'll hit the highlights. So you'd show up. We would go to uh, Giddy Goat Coffee. It's the newest coffee shop that just opened in Plaza. It's got two stories. It's got a great outdoor space. Great coffee shop. After that, we would probably go to lunch at my favorite taco spot. Jake, I know that we've had it together, Cabo Fish Taco in Noda. Cabo Tacos, love Very Cabo good. Taco. The best black and mahi mahi tacos you'll ever have in your entire life. Uh, hopefully, the weather's nice because that afternoon, were uh, a couple options. You can go to, you know, you can go to a couple different places, but I, we would probably go to the White Water Center over in Belmont, so just outside of the city. And we could drink some beers. We could watch people whitewater kayak on this man-made little kayak thing. Uh, If we wanted to stay into the evening, they have a restaurant. They have live music on the weekends. Thursday, Fridays, and Saturdays that you can all throughout the summer. We could do that. Or we could head back into the city and go to Optimist Hall for dinner, which is kind of this adult food court thing that has all these different international options. And then some nights, like on Sunday or Saturday night, they were showing the Sandlot right outside in this kind of little courtyard area. So we could do that, or we could head to Legion or Sycamore or OMB or any number of the wonderful, fantastic Charlotte breweries to, to end the night. And that, my friends, is a good Charlotte day.
0: All that info in the show notes. I am trying to make a day trip up there one of these days soon. So
2: time. that Your sounds time. great.
0: All right, let's close this segment up. All right, let's into the sermon Talking about join our perseverance from Philippians chapter two. Tim, thanks for preaching for us. Well, what were some things that did not make the final cut for the sermon?
2: Man, so a couple different things. Um, the one that I've been thinking about a lot, and I don't even know if it didn't make the cut, even in like the first draft. Like I don't know if you even made the first draft, but just something that like the Lord's personally been ministering to me from in this passage that I think would be would be fun to talk about um, is verse fifteen, really fourteen and fifteen. So he says, "Do all things without grumbling or disputing." That you may be blameless and innocent, children of God, without blemish, in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation, among whom you shine as lights in the world. So, one of the things we've been talking about a lot up here as the church. We uh, preach are preaching through Ephesians, and we looked at Ephesians four a few weeks ago, and just really it got me on this like whole train where I've just been digging into God's heart and against uh, gossip and grumbling and disputing and bitterness and all of these things that tear out from the root, the body of Christ, and uh, can really just be so disruptive in the life of a church family. Uh, and I just that's been something that the Lord's just been pushing on me a ton. And specifically when it came to Philippians 2, and I talked a little bit about it, but really could have done, I meant it when I said I could have done a whole sermon on it, is just this idea that how much our our inability to live with gratitude, not just for the things that God gives us, but specifically for the people that God gives us, and how much that ruins our Christian love and witness to one another in the body of Christ, but also to the watching world, and how big of a deal God takes our postures and our attitudes towards one another and our, um, yeah, grumbling towards one another, our disputing, like these are other centric commands, right? And so just how much God hates and detests gossip. Like we, we know like, okay, it's like, yeah, God doesn't like this, God doesn't like that. Like we know kind of the big ones that we like to emphasize, but man, we don't take seriously enough his arm against division in the church, his arm against disputing, his hatred for the people that he loves not loving one another. And so I've just been, been grappling with that a ton, uh, even out of Philippians too, of like, as we as I try to live on mission in my neighborhood, right? as I think about um, my neighbors, as I think about Shannon, as I think about Casey and Caroline, as I think about Mary, as I think about all these people that I'm trying to build relationships with, why we're here in the city of Charlotte, these people we're trying to share the gospel with, that a part of my gospel witness is my gossiping or complaining and how I live in gratitude towards my wife, towards my daughter, towards my church family, towards God, all of that. Um, Yeah, that's just a bit more, I think, deserved a little bit more um, play and a little more time.
0: But Tim, what if I'm just trying to be authentic and genuine with people by legitimately saying how awful other people are?
2: Yeah. That's my true
0: self. Totally. I want to be vulnerable. Totally.
2: I I was having this conversation the other day with somebody and they were talking about, Hey, how do I know when I'm grumbling or gossiping versus processing? Like, what is that line? And I I just, uh, I heard somebody say one time, um, you know, not all anger is sinful, but it's probably near impossible for me to be angry and righteous. And I just have kind of taken Mm -hmm. that stance for myself when it comes to gossip, where it's like, man, I don't think all processing is gossip. I'm just kind of going to be weary of my own ability to do that and not. (laughs) You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, I think there's a, a framework for healthy gossip or healthy, sorry, healthy processing, where with the who and the when and the why and the how and all those kind of things, I also know my own sinfulness and my own sinful heart and my own inability to not cross that line and how easy it is for me to be like, it started as processing, it started as health, it started as good and now I'm just ranting and now I'm just complaining and now I'm just grumbling or whatever. And so I just say, like, yeah, I think the Bible has a good category for biblical processing. I just don't think I as a sinner am able to do it well. And <laughs> don't trust myself yeah. uh, to not then gossip, grumble, dispute, whatever it may be. Um, and I just think we're way easily justified, like we just justify that so easily. Like we just are anybody is like, well, I'm just, you know, I'm just pressing through my emotions, and it's like, okay, well, ha- are you gonna lead to a conversation with that person? Are you gonna have like is your heart posture because I actually want to get to a place where I can forgive, or is it they hurt me, I'm just venting? And I think those are just distinct things to think about. And um you know, you could be authentic in it, but you could also be authentically wrong, which is Bob's category.
0: Oh, there it is. That's bomb drop. Charlotte,
2: boom. <laughs> just dropped my pen to signify mic drop. I keep forgetting this is an audio podcast. My
0: yeah. <laughs> still Most good. podcasts are audio based. So no, that's good. And I think if you're asking the question, how do I know if I'm processing versus gossiping? I think that's, that might be revealing in itself the fact that you have to ask that question. Maybe you should just err on the side of praying to Jesus about it and just graciously exercising forgiveness to other people.
1: I do like yeah of course there's a category for like if you don't know how to handle a situation and you need like guidance like I think that's necessary sometimes but it's also like how many people are you processing with and if it's like 15 people then no like no let's no let's just call it what it is you know and I say that because I have also been guilty of that but I have to remind myself if I'm not processing with the Lord, these things, then I don't need to process them with people Mm. yet. So I don't know.
2: Yeah. And who, right. So it's like, am I only going to the people that I know are going to agree with me? Mm -hmm. Like part of processing should be, I'm going to someone who maybe isn't going to see things the way I see it. And so that I'm actually getting good feedback to check myself first, or am I just going to this person that I know is always on my side and is always going to like yeah. They're always going to be like, yeah, that person's the worst. Uh, you know, it's like, that's not helpful. Like I'm just going to back up my own ego in it.
0: What are some other things, Tim, that did not make the final cut?
2: Yeah. I think, um, thinking about this idea, I mean, there was a ton on work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So I think the first draft had like a 90 page sermon. It was like seven pages. on Like, what does this mean? You know what I mean? What is, what do we do with the reality that we are saved by grace and grace alone, right. Through faith in Christ and Christ alone. Like what do we do with that deep gospel truth? But then really throughout the scriptures, Paul talking about like, you know, working out our salvation. And I think one of the things um, we should talk about this, this coming Sunday uh, with Ephesians six, but the, the temporal aspects of our salvation. So this idea of like what we're saved in the past from what we're, so we're saved from like, we're saved from the penalty of our sin. Right in the past, when we put our faith in Jesus, we're saved from the penalty of our sin. We are being saved from the um, power of our sin, right? We're learning more and more to say no to the things of the world, yes to God. And in the future, we're gonna be saved from the presence of our sin that one day we'll dwell with Jesus in perfection forever. And so there's just this idea of like we think I am tempted to think in self selfish categories of like all in the past, right? Or all in the present, right? There's a day I'm gonna be glorified and there's a day that I've been justified, but I can miss that. Part of a salvation is sanctification, that that's wrapped up in the salvific work of Jesus. That it's not, I was saved and now I'm, you know, just learning how to live as a Christian. It's like part of the salvation process that God began is what he's going to complete through the sanctification of his people. And so, even like that's just another way to think about and talk about this idea of going back to the gospel, not moving past the gospel. The gospel's, you know, do you quote, you know, Yoda Tim Keller? It's like the gospel is not just the ABCs, it's the A to Z, right? Of the Christian life. It's all of life with God. That the gospel is not like I affirmed these truths about Jesus to become a Christian and receive his spirit and receive forgiveness of sins, but it's this truth that I keep going back to, that God is working in me, that he's doing something, that he's sanctifying me, that he's maturing me, not apart from the gospel, but through the good news of the gospel. And one day he's going to glorify me, not apart from the gospel, but through the finished work of Jesus, uh, through his life, death, and resurrection. And so just continuing to come back to like this idea of salvation is not just a past thing or a future thing it's also a present lived reality in the world i think mean, this was uh either you or or, or bailey jake and teaching team talked about like all these like questions to ask like if the kingdom is real and jesus is alive and your sins are forgiven and you have the spirit inside of you how would this affect how you live and that, i think that's how we bring the gospel realities of work out your own salvation is pressing it right pushing it growing these sanctification muscles by allowing the Lord to do the work in us.
0: Have you uh, read Eugene Peterson, that latest biography, Burning Mm -hmm. In My Bones? Mm -hmm. There was a a line I think they pulled from one of his journals that I love in thinking about sanctification. He said, uh, so many people are content with just getting out of hell, Mm -hmm. whereas I want to be focused on getting as much into heaven in me right now. I love (laughs) that. I love that imagery of like, Sanctification, the Christ likeness is embodying the kingdom, getting heaven inside of me now as much as I can. Tim, what were some other things I did to make the final cut?
2: Yeah, I think the last thing, and this is to make the final cut because I think this is more just a word to leaders. Um, I. It was funny. At one point in the sermon, Jake, I kept starting every story I was telling by saying like, it's been the hardest year of my life. It's been overwhelming the hardest year of my life. And at one point I realized I said that four or five times and I stopped and was like, guys, I promise I'm okay. Like, you don't need to like, up after this. like let's, you know, lay hands on Tim and pray. Like I'm, I'm fine. I really am. Okay. Um, but about six months into this year, I was getting lunch with a good pastor friend of mine up here that we've just become really close, um, over the past year, just like-minded, just a good brother in the faith. And I was just like, just share with him some of the difficulties and griefs of pastoring and of ministry. And he basically stopped me and we had grown enough closeness that he could do this. And he looked me right in the face. And he was like, Hey Tim, I want to remind you, you signed up for these problems. Like, I, I just want to remind you like uh, church ministry is hard and pastoring is a unique way and church leadership is hard and you signed up for this. And so stop trying to get your life to be free of problems and start trying to live in the reality that Jesus is good and with you and his presence is real in the midst of the problems. And this is the lot you have signed up for in life. And so be okay with that. And ministry is going to be hard and you got to get over it. And it was like this healing balm of my soul. Uh, There's been numerous times over the past, you know, I'm fresh into being a pastor. I'm a year in, right? And so there's been so many times even over the past six months where stuff has hit the fan. I've had a hard conversation, a hard meeting, a hard counseling session, Grumbling in our church, bitterness, gossip, whatever. And I've had to continue to go back to really what Paul talks about in Philippians two, where he says, if I'm to be poured out as a drink offering, I'm gonna be glad and rejoice. And so I think just this reality of like, oh no, minute trying to fight against sacrifice and trouble and sorrow in ministry is a losing game because we've signed up to follow in the way of Jesus. Like I've signed up to follow in the way of Jesus. And if Jesus's lot is the worst of sacrifice. Denying himself, dying to himself, dying on the cross. That's his lot, is that terrible sacrifice. Of course, as an under shepherd of Jesus, I'm going to have to suffer. I'm going to have to go through sacrifice. Like ministry is sacrifice, ministry is suffering. Christian leadership involves hurt and pain and sacrifice. And so, getting over trying to make my life sacrifice free, which is a word for all of us, stop trying to make your life problem free and start living with Jesus in the midst of the problems and in the midst of the sacrifice and in the midst of the suffering and let him minister to you. And Honestly, the Lord has met me there in an incredible way. Uh, I was telling Lindsay, processing over this past year, I don't know that I've had a framework for Jesus as a good shepherd more than I have developed over the past year because I've needed him to be. Like I've needed him to be a good shepherd. And so he's just shown up faithfully in that way to me when I've stopped trying to fight against my problems and make my life problem free and instead lived in the midst of my problems to the glory of God and with the presence of the spirit. And so I think just Paul's being like, yeah, if I'm being poured pour out, let's do it. You might as well like, but you got to obey Jesus and I'm going to do it for you. And we're going to, we're going to do this together and you're going to rejoice and I'm going to rejoice because we're after Jesus together. And I think just getting over myself a little bit in that, um, you know, that's a word for me, not for necessarily the church, but I've, I've been super convicted by that over the past six months. Um, and seeing it even here again with Paul and Philippians too.
0: That was really good. And, and I need to hear that as far as this is uh, what we signed up for. And I think ministry, not only for people in full time ministry like ourselves, but life group leaders, this has been a really hard year. Mm-hmm. And this is the way of Jesus. And this is what we signed up for. And if, you know, Jesus at the end of his three years of nonstop 24 7 ministry, Uh, gets betrayed by one of his closest friends and is abandoned. And if we're called to follow that model, but also what is on the other side of that is glorious gospel beauty in our lives and the lives of other people. So it is something that incredibly hard and incredibly worth it.
2: That's the thing, man. Like if, if Jesus actually died, then it's like, why would we expect like, no, but I'm going to be great. Everyone's going to love me you know, if Jesus is 12 closest friends, betrayed him, but I'm gonna be great. Everyone's going to love me. If Jesus was, you know, the crowd said, give us the murderer instead of him, like, I just, uh, and it's, it's, I do it too. Like I fool myself in, in pride thinking like somehow my ministry is going to be more glorious than Jesus and easier than Jesus. And it's like, that's not like Jesus, God's son, Jesus went through all of that stuff. It's like, yeah, this is, this is following him. This is the way that it is. We're called to do it. You know?
1: And I think that's a good reminder to, to even just like people who aren't in ministry. Yeah. Like that, that is just kind of across the board, a good reminder.
2: Yeah. We, uh, one of our community group leaders was talking about a person in their group who was like, ah, I'm just serving a lot on Sundays. And they were like, how much? And they're like twice a month. And they were like, and they kind of looked at him and they're like, what? And they're like, Hey, I'm telling you this. Cause I love you. Jesus died. So get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recommend that in all of our counseling meetings yeah. or group leadership, but with this person it was kind of appropriate. It was kind of like, hey, Jesus came to Earth. You do not want to. He came to Earth. I think you can go to a gathering an hour an hour early and <laughs> I think you're all right. I think you're good. I think you'll be okay. I think you'll survive. And so, and yeah, obviously more winsome than that, mostly, you know. But oh, like, obviously. yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's we worship Jesus who came to Earth. You could come to a gathering. It's okay you would be all right. Sorry, am I saying too strong? Guest guest podcaster coming in No,
0: hey, you're allowed. You're actually allowed to say the stronger things. All right. Well, that's all we have for the midweek this week. Uh, Tim, thank you so much for preaching for us and blessing our church and doing the hard work up there.
2: Yeah, super fun to be back. Missed you guys. Very grateful for Midtown Downtown, all the family churches. Uh, We are better because of you guys. So thank you.
0: Resources in the show notes. And we'll see you all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.
1: Speaking of podcasts, Tim, what's the name of a Citizen's Podcast?
2: This Citizen's Midweek. Oh, that's podcast awesome. Family where we take a deeper dive into this week's sermon. Oh,
0: wow. I love that. Where'd you get that idea? That's so I cool. Did.
2: Totally, did my totally my own. Y'all never <laughs> heard of it.